here in the peanut gallery. So uh, there was a time when I really liked Teva sandals. I don't know if you know this brand. This is way before the most awful sandals and shoes that are out there called Crocs. I'm sorry if you, if you like Crocs. Ugh. But way back in the day, there were Teva sandals. Now, these are sandals that are designed to wear in the water and when you're boating or when you're doing that kind of thing. I thought they were kind of cool, but this is way back in the day. And I met Donnie, I don't know, 25 years ago. Happened to be wearing some Tevas. We were out doing something with family and friends and he looked down at my feet and he said, what is that? Because apparently Tevas are, in his eyes, quite ugly. Come to find out, he thought they were so ugly that at one point in time, and I said, no, I like them. I was wearing them on the jet ski. And I thought, they're great, they're great. And I remember Donnie saying to me, you need better friends. <laughs> because he was saying to me that I clearly have surrounded myself with people who like Tevas. And if those people like that style of shoe, then maybe they shouldn't be my friend. <laughs> that might be true in a lot of areas of our life. Have you ever thought that about somebody? Ooh, you need better friends. Moreover, have you ever thought that about yourself? Ah, oh, I think I need better friends. Maybe you spent some time on the weekend and you were a bit overserved and all of your friends were overserved and you woke up feeling awful and you felt awful for the next day and a half. Thought at some point, you know, I think I need better friends. <laughs> maybe that's what happened. So maybe you need better friends. <laughs> maybe that's a that maybe that's a decision it's time to actually make. Let's talk about that because there's a whole lot behind that funny throwaway statement. If you pick your friends, your circle, your people wisely, you are going to be a much better leader, manager, supervisor, influencer of people. Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Now we talk throughout this entire series about small changes that you can make and you can make them right away that make a great big difference. This might not be one of those small changes, but you can make them in fairly short order and it will make a massive difference. It might be a big change in this case. Maybe you have surrounded yourself with people who are probably not um, the kind of people you want to emulate directly. So, you know, there's an old proverb that says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. That's a good old fashioned proverb from one of the wisest guys that's ever lived. And I think he has a point. Not that I'm saying your friends are fools or your coworkers are fools. That feels a little bit harsh. And I don't mean that in the affectionate way when someone says, hey, fool, right? I don't mean that. I mean, in the old way, <laughs> somebody is a, who's a blithering idiot, right? So it's been around for a long time that you and I want to pay close attention to who our people are and that we can actually choose that. Now, when we were growing 
growing up, we didn't realize we could choose who our people are. And we just thought that whoever was around us, if we wanted to be liked by them and like them, then that would become our people. But this is one of the most significant sets of decisions we can make in our entire life. Because we're social beings. One of our deepest psychological and even neurological needs that we have is to be affiliated with a group of people who accept us and who we accept. This is a really, really big deal. There's a tremendous amount of research that's uncovered the reality behind what's turned into a little bit of a throwaway phrase that you are the sum of the five closest people in your life. I don't know if there's any science around the five closest people or the sum of it, but the point behind that throwaway phrase is there's a lot of research around that describes this thing called social capital, that if you and I have people around us that we care about and we want them to like us and we like them, there are people that they will shape us in ways that we were probably not even aware of. When we dive into the specifics of this, your finances are within 15% or so of the finances of your five or six or eight closest people, whether those people are at work or outside of work or in often, often it's a combination. So you may work with someone who's also a friend. You may have a friend who also works with you from time to time like that. So your finances are within about 15% of the finances of those people who you call your people. Think about it just a little bit. Your physical health, your physical fitness, how you eat, how you drink, how you sleep, how you exercise, how you take care of this body you're walking around in is within about 10 to 15% of all the people around you. Now you might be thinking, well, no, I've got, I've got all these friends and I'm not like Biff over here. Well, Biff is a little bit of an outlier. And if you watch over time, Biff will come into the group and out of the group. If Biff is way different than the rest of the group, he's way more fit than everybody else is or way more fat than everybody else is. He may not actually be accepted into the group. He might be like a mascot in the group, but everyone else fits that description. Your disciplines on every area of your life are very similar to the disciplines of your people. Your purpose, if you think of why am I here and what am I doing and what's my personal mission, if you even think like that, that's because that's how everyone else thinks in your group. Your sense of humor is very similar to everyone else's in the group. Your mental models, which we've talked about a lot, these mental habits that we build up in our mind about what the world is and who we are. Our mental models, what we believe to be true, fits almost exactly the mental models of those people around us. We are very much like the people around us and we become like them even more because we need to be affiliated with the group. That's not a bad need. That is a wonderful need. Understand, however, that if you want to be significantly different or you want to be significantly better at something, look first at your people. Are they better at it? Because if they are, you will be able to quickly become better at it. If they're not and they have no interest in it or they are the opposite of it, it will be incredibly difficult for you to be better at that thing. So you want to get better at time management, for example. Are the people in your group better at time management than you are? Well, it'll be easier for you to be better at it if they are. If they're not, if they're very sloppy and slothful about how they use this gift of time, well, then you will probably be within 10 to 15 or 20% of their sloppy slothfulness about time. You getting my point? Are they emotionally intelligent? Do they get themselves and their drives, their impulses, their impact on other people? Well, then if they are, then you'll be that as well. 
you might be thinking, but I'm the leader of the group. Well, leaders can only lead out from a distance so far. You can only get about 15 to 20% better than the people you're leading, better than in the skill set or the perspective or the grit or whatever you're trying to achieve. And if you're beyond that very far, then you're out of reach and you're not in the group anymore. So that's a pretty important thing to realize. What about money management? We talked about finances earlier. How do you think about finances? How do you think about money? Do you blow through every penny you've got? Have you set your life up in such a way that you have no reserves whatsoever and you're kind of enslaved to the next paycheck? We all get that. We all, we've all been there. We all understand it. But if you're not like that now and you used to be, it's because you have a group of people around you who know how to do that. And without sitting you down and teaching you with a PowerPoint presentation, they have just modeled it for you. And you have become better at money management. What about creativity? This is fascinating to me, utterly fascinating to me. The most creative people surround themselves with creative people and they become more creative. It is honored and it is built up and encouraged by the people around them. And the most creative people are surrounded by people who are creative in different ways than they are as individuals, but they're all creative. They like the idea of taking nothing and turning it into something. <laughs> That's creativity. If you're a person of faith, you've probably surrounded yourself with people of faith. If you're an agnostic, someone who deliberately chooses to not think about God or faith, well, then you probably surround yourself with people who deliberately choose to not think about that against the knowledge. That's what agnostic means. If you're like that, that's probably because you got a bunch of people around you. Oh, no, wait, I'm stronger than that. I'm my own man or I'm my own woman. Yeah, okay, except that you chose people who would accept you and that you would accept who then you become like. Of course, you can choose different people. I think that's probably the point. What about parenting? If you're a parent, you're probably like those five or six other people around you. You'd probably just like that. You get my point, don't you? If you want to get better at something, look at the people around you. Are they better at it than you are? Then you will probably be better at it. If you want to be a better public speaker, do you have people in your group who are good at that? If you want to be a better leader or a manager or a supervisor or influencer or better anything, look at that group of people around you who applaud and support and encourage your effort in ways that are just subtle and not so subtle to become better at that thing. Or God forbid, you have a group of people around you who mock you whenever you try to get better at something and they pull you back into being mediocre. If you want to do great things, you got to surround yourself with people who do great things. You know where I'm going with this. This is the hard stuff because you probably like these people. You may even love these people, but if they are in effect becoming the least common denominator for you and you could be better and strive to be and want to be better, but those people around you are dragging you down, Ugh, it's time to change people. That's what we call in the social sciences, social capital. You have social capital. If we were to interview all of your friends, people who you really care about, who would show up in the middle of the night and help you move if you had to, those kind of people, that's your social capital. Do you have the kind of social capital that will enable you to do great things and to dare others to do great things? Or does your social capital drag you down? So if you've come to the conclusion that, you know, I want to be here and my social capital group, my friends, my people doesn't want to be there. They'd rather be comfortable back over here. I'm picking an adventure and they're picking comfort time to change your group. I know that's difficult, 
but you got to be aware of your social capital first. Be aware of your group, of your people. Do they are they are they Red Bull? <laughs> Do they give me wings, right? Or are they an anchor for me? I'm not saying they're bad people, not at all. It's just that they're not willing to fly like you are. It's time. It's time to assess your social group and decide, is this the group of people that I want to be a part of? And then it's time to start building. If this is not the group of people I want to be around, you're not rejecting them as human beings. You're not saying you're better than them. You're just saying you want to go north and they want to go west or they want to stay where they are. It's time for you to actually change that group. It takes time to build a new group. So pick people that are not dramatic. Pick people where there is a no drama zone around them. They are much more in love with reality than with drama. Look for people who have the competencies that you admire. Look for people who in some way you want to be like, and they are better than you in that area. They are more competent than you in that area. They're more humble. They're more willing to teach. Look for people who have endurance and have grit, and it didn't just drop on them so like some natural talent from heaven. They actually had to work and build it. Ask the question, do I want to be like that person? Do I want to be like him or her? Think about that just a little bit. As a sidebar, by the way, don't listen to people you don't want to be like. Don't ask for the opinions of people who you don't want to be like in that area. And if someone comes and criticizes you, ask the question, do I want to be like that person? If not, then smile politely and nod, but turn on the shredder in your brain when they're giving you feedback. Because if you don't want to emulate them, what good is their feedback? All right, think about that a little bit. Not everyone is worth listening to. That's <sighs> a pretty big deal. Again, I'm not saying they're awful human beings. I'm just saying when it comes to the quality of your life or your work or your leadership, then you don't need to listen to everybody. So don't want to be like that person. Also, the people in your group need to be direct communicators. And they need to be direct communicators because they've gone to the source, because they've experienced themselves, and they care more about you than they care about your feelings. They care more about saying to you, you got spinach in your teeth, snookums, or the spinach in the teeth of your personality, than they care about being like. Now, it doesn't mean they're harsh or rude. They're not, but they are open, direct, authentic, and honest with you. They love you more than they love your feelings. They love you more than being loved by you. Surround yourself with these kind of people, wow, and you will be sharp, so, so sharp. It's kind of uh, like, like if you were to say to someone, do these jeans make me look fat? <laughs> and they care about you enough to say, not the jeans, honey. <laughs> right? That kind of person. Uh, Donnie is, is regu regularly says things like, uh, do these jeans make my cholesterol look high? <laughs> I think that's a hilarious take on that same question. But if you've got people around you who care more about you than they care about their own feelings or their own status, then you've probably got the right people. They have the mindset that they're here to serve, not that they deserve. How do you get these people? Well, look around, watch for them, and deliberately be their friend. Serve that person. Deliberately build a friendship. You know how to build friendships. It just takes a little while. But when you do that, you will find that even with a little bit of time around people like that, you will be able to achieve these great things that you want to be able to achieve. So if you don't have that circle right now, evaluate that, realize, ah, I'm kind of lacking on the social capital side of things. It's time for me to get better friends. <laughs> uh, there's some really interesting research, by the way. You're not a drug addict. You're not an opioid addict. But there's some really interesting research that uncovered this concept of social identity 
the social identity model of recovery from, from drug addictions or the uh, social identity model of natural recovery from addictions. And the basic idea is this. There's a lot out there that's been written on it since about the mid-1980s, that if somebody is an addict, a drug addict, uh, even an alcohol addict, if they are an addict, the number one thing that all of those who recover from their addiction and stay recovered from their addiction for years. Now, that's been tracked, many of these studies, for 20 to 30 years. The number one characteristic is they changed their group of people. It wasn't how they went through treatment or how they went through recovery or how they went through therapy that made the big difference. It was they changed their circle of friends. You need better friends. And if they did that, they were able to recover more quickly and stay recovered through years compared to people who only changed out part of their friends or none of their friends and went through intensive treatment and intensive therapy and only had about a 5 to 10% recovery rate. 100% recovery rate is reported in many of these studies when people went through the hard work of changing their friends. You need better friends. I'm not saying you're addicted to opioids. That's not my point. I'm just I'm illustrating how incredibly powerful this idea is that our circle of people that we choose, one of the most important decisions we make in life, turns around and makes us. You want to be a better leader? Surround yourself with better leaders. You want to be a great supervisor that sets people free to do amazing things? Surround yourself with great supervisors. You want to have influence on people so that you dare them to do great things and you're so proud of them as you watch them fly. Surround yourself with people who already do that. Maybe, huh, maybe you just need better friends. <laughs> All right, hey, thanks for taking a little bit of time and I appreciate the friends who gave me this bottle of Old Forester bourbon. I'm gonna enjoy this. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.